What do you do with a hypocrite? What do you do? What do you do with a hypocrite? How do you handle a hypocrite? You know, a hypocrite, one of those people who talks a big game or or talks or says something or tells you what you ought to be doing and then you turn around and they're doing the opposite thing, the thing they've told you not to do. People who pretend to be good in class, pretend to be good in church, pretend to be sweet, but then when nobody's looking, live a kind of life that isn't all that sweet, all that good. What do you do with a hypocrite? I don't know about you, but I just kind of avoid them. Right, hypocrites. We, we stop sitting with them at the lunch table because they just sort of grate on us a little bit. Or maybe we stop having them over for dinner parties or we stop playing golf with them. Or if we're business associates or friends, we kind of let that relationship drift apart because nobody, nobody likes being with a hypocrite. But in this gospel story, Jesus tells us something different. Jesus says, beware. Beware. Beware those who walk around with long robes. Beware those who want the nice seat in the synagogue, we might say in church. Beware those who say long prayers for, uh, to get attention, to impress people. Beware. That's odd to me. I don't usually feel that I need to be warned about hypocrites. I usually feel they'll take care of themselves. Jesus, though, tells his disciples to beware. Think about the things that our parents teach us to beware of. Beware of strangers, or beware when you cross the street, or beware uh, of that electrical outlet, or beware the cliff is right up ahead. Beware, we, we tell people beware when danger is involved. And I usually don't think of hypocrites as causing danger, but there's something going on in Jesus' world where hypocrites are dangerous. In Jesus' day, in Jesus' day, people who pretended to be religious, who, who looked religious on the outside, would often do things that didn't really seem very religious. And the example that Jesus gives us is that these seemingly religious people like to devour widows' houses. That's an odd way to put it, that, but, but it's not something new. These hypocrites look religious, but when nobody's looking, they are taking away from those who barely have anything. But the f remarkable thing is that that's not unique to Jesus' day, is it? In every age, the world looks at people who look prosperous, who look good, who look right, and we look at them and we think everything must be right with them. But the true measure of our identity is not how we look on the outside, but how God sees us on the inside. And often, the people in any society who are the most religious looking are often, when nobody's looking, using that that authority and that power to not only fail to live up to the obligation that they want to pursue as a faithful person, but to, to actually use that power and that authority to deny other people what God sees in them. And I don't think it's an accident that Mark, that Jesus, puts these two stories together. Beware of the hypocrites and take a look at this widow. 
The world looks at the widow and thinks nothing's going right with her. But God looks at the widow and says, look at her faithfulness. The world looks at the one wearing the long religious garments and says, everything must be going right. What does God see? God looks within us and God sees God's beloved children. The story of Jesus is a story about God seeing the world as God's own children. God became one of us so that when God sees us, God identifies us as God's child, as God's daughter, as God's son, as God's beloved. Are we seeing what God is seeing? Or are we still looking at the outside? Let's have prayers. Who would like to come and help say the prayers today? Great, come on.